0: What's up, everybody? You're listening to Suds Buds, the show where good buds talk good suds with the wonderful workers of the beer industry. I'm your host, Eric Anderson. Here, as always, in studio with co-host of the show, Mr. Nate uppadel
1: Woo!
0: <laughs> I'm just
2: committing to that being my intro now. I don't. You got think... your whole thing. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna woo us in.
0: That'll never not crack me <laughs> up. It's a, it's a very. Horse woo, but I love it. How you doing, man? (laughs) Doing pretty good, man. Just did another glorious Tuesday. So uh, we are back here for a continuation on our last episode, which was a feature on the Beer Dabbler, Dabbler in a Box. um, Season four, which you can uh, pick up the next season. This box is sold out, but season five will be available on Beerdabbler.com. So check it out. So picking up where we left off, um, I guess maybe I should catch people up. Our um, front runners at the end of last uh, last week's episode, we've got my top beers as Finnegans Brim Reaper Rye IPA and Lakes and Legends uh, Saint Gale Raspberry Honey Ale, both coming in at a four point two for me. Um... And for you, we've actually got a three-way tie. Three-way, uh-oh. So you've got, it's not an uh-oh, we can get down to that at the end, but uh, for right now, your three favorite beers at the top of your list are also St. Gail from Lakes and Legends, also the Finnegan's Brim Reaper IPA, and you've got Head Flyers, easy mm. up there.
2: The Head Flyer.
0: So, you know, some decisions might have to be made, but in the meantime, we got a quite a bit of time. <laughs> we got uh six more beers to get through. going to so. say the the front six ain't nothing to worry about. That's right. Being we uh this is kind of a continuation on our last episode, we'll uh skip the 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 basic salutations and get straight to the meat of the conversation. So,
2: mm. All right. Uh First beer we got up here is the six one two Mills Pills. Mill City Pills. Mill City Pills. Okay. Close enough. Semantics. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I haven't shit, I haven't had a six one two beer in a minute. Dude, um, me either. This this was one of those I mean shit, right like right when I was starting to get, get to get into like craft beer, I think six one two was there. Um and I don't know. They seem to be in pretty much any bar you can kind of go to. Um, I'm excited to excited to break back into it. Definitely. Let me see in here. All right, we're getting a lot of clear beers in this box.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Um, clearer than the the first pills we tried. Also clearer than the hazy IPA we tried earlier. Yeah, but not by much. I think that hazy IPA was weirdly probably the clearest beer up until this one. Maybe the Kolsch, but uh either way, starting off both uh episodes with a pilsner. You know. Ease ourselves into it. Yeah. It, it's gonna be hard for me not to use the um the the revolution excuse me, I'm gonna keep saying that. Uh Revelation Aleworks, uh purple ribbon pills as like a measuring stick to this one. You know what I mean? Sure.
2: But. That would have been kind. I guess that would have been an interesting way to do it. Line up all the same style beers and just kind of go one after the other. But
0: it's good. It's um.
2: All right, that is a pilsner.
0: Yeah. Again, what I would expect for the style: um, crisp, light, a little bit of breadiness, um, also that little bit of a little bit of hot profile that I'm picking up at the very tail of it. Um, but yeah, I think, man, I feel weird because I'm, it might just be a product of trying 12 beers in a two-part episode, but <laughs> nothing wowing me here. Yep. It's good. Um, it's, a,
2: it's a little breadier than the last pills we had. Um, which, which I actually don't mind, you know. Oktoberfest beers tend to be one of my go-to styles. So, bread, yeah, breadiness is a good quality for me. Um, but, yeah, definitely not as... I'm not picking up as much of that that kind of Pilsner Signature bite on the tail end.
0: It's there, but it's it's very mellow mm-hmm. compared to the first one we had. Yeah. Yeah, I think that first one, the Revelation Aleworks offering, was definitely more of that, you know, that German pills take that i'm used to um yeah and i don't know this isn't bad um i will say right off the bat i don't like it as much as the first one no um but you know nonetheless it's uh it's not a bad beer and i got a few uh, tasting notes on this one as well Ooh. so this is 612 brews mill city pilsner it's available in 12 ounce cans comes in at 5.4 percent uh abv and a low 25 percent ibu Six One Two Brew created this sturdy and reliable American Pilsner as a tribute to one of Minneapolis's original nicknames. Bright dandelion in color, light bodied and crisp, with an herbal hop aroma, notes of cracker, hay, and clover. All right, there's the the cracker. That's
2: what I'm getting in there. That that breadiness, that like little little maltiness. Um, yeah, it. Yeah, you know, actually, uh, no. I'm I'm still on Revelations ale, Revelations Pilsner a little bit more on that one. Me too. Um, I mean six one two, they're good. I I don't know that I've had necessarily had a bad style from them. I just don't know if I've ever had anything kind of interesting. You know, it's kind of like a a
0: standard line for any of their beer styles. Fair. Well. I already got my review down. I think I know where I'm sitting with this one. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to go with like a 2.8. 2.8
2: on this one. 2.8. All right. Yeah. Much lower than I was expecting. Oh, well, you know. I like to surprise, surprise my rabid listeners. <laughs> Would you buy it again? I mean, I'd buy it again. Um, I, you know, if you you walk into like a... Small town liquor store. They don't have a whole lot of options. Um, you dr-
0: you, you're huh? drinking it if you got nothing else to drink, is what you're Okay.
2: Saying. Well, you're, now you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm putting mice in your kitchen.
0: You know what I'm saying? Oh man, we don't need to continue. We are that can die on the last no. <laughs> episode. Yeah. If you're listening, I still got mice in the house. It's still a thing. They're <laughs> still partying. Um, yeah, they're training a, a, an army of turtles in the basement. I got uh, yeah bunch of shredders master uh, splinter come on excuse me i got a bunch of master splinters living under my kitchen sink that are training a gang of turtles to steal all our pizza and (laughs) i don't know smoke weed and commit debauchery in our house and i like turtles but i don't like turtles that are being enslaved by mice i wouldn't are you saying the ninja turtles were enslaved by splinter I'm saying that that all the mice took over my dojo, and they're training turtles. They're training the turtles, Joe! <laughs> the mice have taken over the garage, and they're training the turtles to take over the Bud studio, Joe! It's a real thing. We need to worry about what the mice are putting in their water.
2: Fucking <laughs> damn it. Okay now we just got canceled from youtube uh we've been demonetized we didn't
0: make anything and now now we 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 owe money to the liberal elite i
2: think i think that's how that works right i I don't know i don't know man i'm sorry thank you to the liberal elite for their awesome agenda we love you guys
0: (laughs) nate are you creating enemies on this show well, you know, we got to spice it up. It's season two, after all. Oh, man, season two. Exactly. So, that's, that's what this is, season two. It's uh, reckless, no holds barred.
2: The Wild West of podcasts. Yeah,
0: steel chairs are allowed.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> oh, God, I was watching some
2: old WWF stuff. Were you really? Yeah. Were you on um, the old YouTube, or did you get the WWE Network? I did not get the WWE Network. No, it's just that... Uh, it's a YouTube clip. Honestly, I don't even remember everybody that was wrestling, but two guys were going at it, and then another guy jumps in from the audience and hits one of the wrestlers over the head with a steel chair. And then somebody else jumps in from the audience, starts wrestling that guy, and then Stone Cold comes through and just hits everybody with the friggin' chair. Because... Oh,
0: cool, dude. I love Stone Cold. <sighs> oh.
2: Stone Cold Stunners. That's why we got into the industry, really. So we'd have more access to beer cans to crush on our head.
0: It's so true, dude. I feel like Stone Cold Steve Austin is like the—I don't even know. He's—he's he's like the that one, that one guest, you know. Just that—that that forbidden fruit that the Suds buds are trying to get a hold of <laughs> to get in studio, or even not even in studio. Mr Mr. Cold, if we could get you over Zoom to have a conversation with us, it would be pretty neat. We could talk to you about Steve Weiser's and the Broken Skull Ranch and dropping people on those stack of dimes they call a neck. You know. <laughs> all your shenanigans that you gave us on T V. And 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 we could talk about that and it would be really cool. We could drink some beers and review some beers and have a good old Suds Buds hootenanny with the Texas rattlesnake. We'll even crush
2: the cans on our head. We do in the it.
0: I'd even gave Nate a Stone Cold Stunner live in studio and Nate would sell it. <laughs> oh hell yeah.
2: Oh hell yeah, brother. <laughs>
0: well no now you're confusing. Yeah, no, I know what I did. You know what you did. <laughs> you're not even I a wrestling did. fan, and you know the crime <laughs> you committed. Anyways. Ain't that the shit of it. Ain't that the shit of it? So, uh we got tasting notes out of the way. We drank uh 612 brew, uh Mill City Pills. It was it was all right. It was a Pilsner. It was a Pilsner. Yep. Um, what do we got up next? I feel like uh, this is the point where you introduce <laughs> this beer and I give myself the old beer dabbler glass wash. Yeah, if I could, I could use one of those too. Well, first, why don't you introduce the beer and you okay.
2: wash your damn glass. Got to earn it here, apparently. So this one, this one was, <laughs> when we were looking through the roster, we are like, oh, okay. Definitely having to, you know. Palate cleanse before it. Uh, we've got the Dangerous Man Brewing Cherry Cinnamalo Milkshake IPA. That's a, that's a whole lot of words there. Cherry Cinnamalo. Yeah. So, cherry cinnamon and marshmallow? That would be correct. Dang, look at me. It is a milkshake IPA. We do have that lactose in here. Uh, Actually, wait. What's the date today?
0: The 16th? 17th? I don't know. It was canned on the 3rd. 17th. All right, So still pretty fresh. Nice. Canned on the 3rd. Gotta love crawlers for that reason. I, do, I really do. It always seem, yeah, just
2: always fresher, right? It, it kind of feels like it. Um, I do feel like crawlers, you kind of have to drink a little faster, though. Sure. Like, you find a crawler in the back of your fridge that you forgot about. <laughs> if that thing's a couple weeks old, mm, you're in for a bad time. Hmm. But let's, uh, let's crack open this conversation.
0: Yeah. Woo. So while we're cracking this open, I'll give us, uh, tasting notes on this one right off the bat. So, uh, like we said, this is from Dangerous Man Brewing Company out of Minneapolis. It is a milkshake IPA called the Cherry Cinna Mallow. It, uh, is available in 750 milliliter crowlers. Um, so I'm guessing Taproom may be like an ambibulous type store, um... It's thirty six IBU.
2: I don't. Dangerous man doesn't distribute.
0: Oh, you're right. They yeah, don't at all, do they? Period. You're no. right. You could call on that Nate. Um, but yeah, for this beer, it says a uh, dangerous man helped pioneer the milkshake IPA style in Minnesota, and their cherry cinnamalo version is perfect for the fall holidays, thanks to its rich cherry and cinnamon flavors. Uh, and then it's got in bold letters, contains lactose. So.
2: Why don't you pour yourself up a little bit.
0: I've got, uh,
2: wow. That is, that
0: is a deep red. So this might be maybe one of the only ways to get dangerous man outside of the tap room, right?
2: Yeah, correct. I guess they distribute in this sense. Um, now dangerous man's always been one of those. just, they've, they've got such an awesome following, um, they're constantly putting out new stuff. Their brewers are pretty inventive. Um, their beers do tend to be on the sweeter side of things. Yes, true. But hot damn. I'm never going to turn down a Dangerous Man Crowler. Actually, for my dad's birthday, that's all I got him. I got like four Dangerous Man Crowlers. Nice. So, I really Dangerous Man, I do appreciate you guys uh, making that shopping easier for me. Also, Christmas shopping because it's going to be the same.
0: There you go. This is a uh, oh, okay, pretty good, wow,
2: and they do it again. Now, to be hmm. honest, I and I feel like I'm gonna get ostracized from the entirety entire beer community. Um, lactose is not my favorite thing. Yeah, it's just, and I get why why people do it. Um, you know that smoother mouth feel, better texture. Um, but there's just something about adding lactose to a beer that I'm just not crazy about. I get it. Um, that being said, this is delightful.
0: This is really good.
2: I don't know that I'd want a whole crawler of this a-, a go. Probably not. Like If we had like a third person on today, I feel like we could probably get through this crawler. Yeah. But as it stands while it is tasty i don't know it's a heavy beer
0: yeah and i see the price on here too it's actually i mean i'll advertise it only because it's advertised right on the can but nine bucks for uh 750 crawlers so not too bad if you want a really unique beer mm-hmm. um you know go to the tap room get a crawler of this it uh it'll be something different for you at the very least oh absolutely um, I'm kind of in agreement with you where I'm not a huge fan of lactose in beers. Um, The only exception being, we kind of talked about Drecker earlier. I'm not a big fan of milkshake IPAs. I'm okay when I see lactose in, like, those super sludgy sours. Yeah. Like, the smoothie sours. Because it's one of those where that's, like, something super out there where it's, like, I can't really judge that beer against anything else. Because, I mean, even, like you know putting that under the the umbrella of the word beer is like to some you know how could you and to me it's like yeah i get it like it's it's a different style it's a different variant it may be out there but it's still it's still a beer you know there's someone that still had to brew that and you know um so for me i like lactose when it's like the real out there when they're fully committed to making like those those thick beers sure not just like a
2: Here's a beer, but we wanted a better mouthfeel, So right. here you go. And honestly, with this one, um, there, that that cinnamon could be very sharp on the tail. Like you, you kind of taste, you know, when you get like a big bite of something cinnamony, and it's got that little that heat that follows it up. Mm-hmm. It tastes like it's gonna get there, and then it just kind of dies off.
0: Yeah. No, I kind of have to like judge this beer based on what it is I mean I think that goes without saying but um you know you got a milkshake IPA which is already kind of like an uphill fight for me not the biggest fan neither of us are um but then you got the cherry the vanilla and the cinnamon so to me that right there is like I want to be able to taste all those flavors I want them all to be like balanced and not overshadow each other and I think they did a really good job of that yeah, I of,
2: wholeheartedly agree there.
0: I think even someone who maybe doesn't have the most refined beer palate um, could pull all three of those flavors out of this.
2: Oh, for sure. Like it, it's all pretty upfront. Um, honestly, I'd kind of be interested to see what it would taste like without lactose. Like if if something would get overshadowed, or if if it the lactose did help balance it out.
0: Yeah, and I'm curious to see if that is for uh, uh uh a flavoring purpose, or like you said, just strictly mouthfeel.
2: I think and I don't know, and this is completely uh
0: subjective. Sorry <laughs> to interrupt you. I think I said vanilla earlier, it's a marshmallow. Yeah. Yeah. Um but every time I've seen
2: marshmallow or anything like that, or mallow or any any variant on that word for a beer there's always lactose in it Mm. i've never seen those two separate yeah and so i wonder if that's kind of part of it sure because like it could be i mean marshmallows kind of like you for a marshmallow you want that like soft texture right which is what this kind of drive or drives off I can't get behind this though. Yeah, Honestly, this is good, man. Probably, I probably. I, I wish that it was closer to Christmas because, like, this seems like a Christmas beer to me.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could totally see myself drinking this out of like a tulip glass.
2: Yep. Uh, but for Christmas, I'm uh, I'm I go strictly on a diet of um, e- or brandy eggnogs. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. And I. Uh, I do my grandma's recipe, which is um, about one-third eggnog, two-thirds brandy. Eggnog's more for color than anything. Okay. Yeah. So, well, and you know, also keeping those calorie counts low. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Eggnog, eggnog's
0: not good for you. See, for me, it's kind of... I wouldn't say it's a battle because it's not, but like... I've got my own kind of like winter cocktail. My dad's got his own kind of like winter cocktail. Now my mom's got hers. Okay. So I'm a hot toddy guy. Ooh, hoo, hoo. I like, and I like mine with like, excuse me, black tea with um, a little bit of, of rye or brandy. Then some honey and some lemon juice. Ooh. And that's how I do mine. Now, my mom likes Tom and Jerry's. Okay. So she likes, like, the Tom and Jerry batter mix with, like, the hot buttered rum and that stuff. And my dad, he, uh, he makes cordials year-round with uh, fruit that he picks off the property. So basically, he'll just, like, soak um, a-, a fruit in a vessel with, like, a neutral spirit. So huh. he makes, like, his own, like... Um, Choke cherry brandies and like currant liquors and um, um, crab apple brandy
2: and that'd be a real weird. You got to bring some of that back for me. Crab apple brandy.
0: It's really like, good and they're real hot too. Like it's oh yeah, you ladle them, you know, and it's he he soaks them like it's just you know it's 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 alcohol and and fruit and some sugar just just kind of kind of grip it and rip it. Totally. Kind of like what we got going on with our hot sauces, right? Hey. I mean, similar type of thing. Looking forward to that next one. Whew, that next one's going to be so good.
2: We still got to finalize that recipe here.
0: Yeah. So also feel free to hit the old Suds Buds Instagram or Gmail if you got some hot sauce ideas for us. Right now, I think we're in agreement that we're looking at um, the uh, the Smokinator. Or er, er, excuse me, excuse me. The Burninator, Arnold, Feature, featuring Arnold Smokinator, <laughs> the Burninator featuring Arnold Smokinator, and it is a uh, smoked pepper fermented hot sauce. She's gonna be good. I'm thinking we cut that f- fermented, uh, like basically the the brine and everything we got. Mm. I think we add some uh, some fresh habaneros and some like dried uh, smoked peppers
2: okay i think that could
0: i think it'll bring our volume up a little bit too uh, that'd be good i'm honestly and more heat well
2: i, I feel like this whole like aging or fermenting it because you know we did we did a four-week batch an eight-week batch was the one coming up and then we're doing a 16-week batch the
0: eight weeks can probably end up being closer to like a 10
2: <laughs> well you know we're, it's okay we're not great at calendar who's keeping calendar um, also,
0: busy dudes. We got a show to do. Exactly. The smooth sounds of Suds Buds.
2: <laughs> Don't bring that bit back. <laughs> Sorry. I love that bit. But um, honestly, I'm, most, I'm just curious to see what happens, like what flavors develop in those like four to eight weeks or eight to 16 weeks.
0: Prediction, I think uh, the garlic is going to be much more pronounced than this next one. I sure hope so. I think the the pickledness quality, that kind of acidic like zing that you get, I think is going to be much more pronounced, and I think the heat's going to have mellowed out. Hmm. Not that it's going to be like less. I just don't think it's going to be as sharp. I think it's just going to be hot, like kind of all the way through. You know. Sure. Honestly, with this this first batch we got out.
2: It, it builds quick. Like, you know, when you bite into a hot, like bite into something covered in the hot sauce and that heat like climbs really quick and it just keeps going. This one just climbs really quick and completely levels off. Yeah. Like you get
0: to a hot point and it's like, Oh, nope, we made it. We're good. That's why I almost think we should add more habaneros. Okay. Like add like maybe cause this next one we're going to be, sorry, we're like geeking out over hot sauce, but this is also <laughs> kind of interesting. We're basically going to be dealing with. Uh, we've got 128 ounces that we're looking at bottling, and I think if we cut that with probably like another. Cause granted, we're not a lot of that's just gonna be brine. You know, we're not, it's not gonna be 128 ounces of fruit. Um, but I think we cut that fruit with maybe like five to ten ounces of smoked peppers or dried peppers, maybe some anchos, poblanos, mm. or something like that, or smoke our own. Um, and then add a bunch of fresh hob. And like f- fuck, even if it's like half a pound of fresh habaneros, and really boost that heat up and get that bright orange. Because those those dried peppers are gonna make it darker. Yeah.
2: So you want to balance out that color. And For sure. I think you're right that the heat is definitely gonna be down. I I don't see how it couldn't be. Yeah. Because like the longer longer that soaks that the more capsaicin is gonna spread
0: throughout the brine. So I, yeah, it's it's really broken down a lot. Like that first one that we, you know, we when we were bottling and we were kind of separating the the fruit from the brine, we had gloves on. And you, you know, you're still able to pick out like the whole seeded peppers out of there. Yeah, and this one, it's kind of like they're. I feel like it's kind of more gonna be like a a mush, which okay. I think will be okay. Yeah, but uh, I wonder what that's gonna to do to it. I'm I'm very excited to see what happens because uh, also I still have the brine. We're saving the brine from each one of the batches to see how that turns out. I think at the end maybe we do like a big batch of like hot chicken or something. Ooh! And then we can use
2: the different hot sauces on the chicken. Mm. I
0: still got an unopened bottle of our first run, which was Garfield's Inferno, which was a uh, a hot garlic sauce that had roasted garlic. That turned out so good, man. It,
2: It did. I actually I don't know if you did yet, but I tossed it on wings. Hot damn! nice yeah it really it really does it um
0: I, i've had it on wings i've had it on pizza i've had it on um i did uh some like eggs and some 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 hash browns and some spinach and it was real good on that so
2: didn't brick oven make you a pizza
0: with that hot sauce? brick oven boss made me a pizza with it one of their guys took it home and he tried it on wings and he was asking where he could find it if we're selling it online or anything so i think we've uh we've stumbled onto something
2: I, I, I don't know. It's, I'm, and honestly, it's really not that hard. It's just that waiting game that really kills it. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, I gotta, because you gotta burp that friggin' jar every day. Uh, you know, I, I've i never had children, but I'm confident that this is what having children's like. You just have to burp them once a day and call it good.
0: But it's something to look forward <laughs> to. It's like having a plant to water or a fish to feed. I mean, it's just, uh a, it's, it's a fun bit. thing to add to your routine. It is. But, uh, I, you know what? I shouldn't have even apologized for talking about that. I'm glad we can talk about this on the show, because I feel like it's very much a a beer parallel subject, because it is uh, it is, uh, is us taking a stab at fermentation. I know, kind of, your your first time doing it with peppers, and only my second time, so we're both very much newbies to this, and learning as we go. So, it's been a blast, man.
2: Yeah, no, I'd... Uh... I think I think I'd like to scale up production a little bit. Um, Hell yes, yeah, I okay. want to get
0: a, a bigger, one or two bigger ones. I'm going to look at. Uh, my parents used to make wine, still make wine. Mm-hmm. Used to make a lot more of it, but um, I think they might have some equipment that we can maybe use, borrow towards this. Because um, yeah, I think having a, a a bigger vessel would definitely help us out. Maybe we
2: do some barrel age. Buy some barrels for uh, used barrels from breweries. Do a barrel-aged hot sauce.
0: <laughs> that would be crazy. I wonder what that would do. I wonder if you could. If that would be I like. I
2: don't know if you could. To be honest, I feel like, I don't. Know, it'd be wild to open up that barrel. <laughs> like
0: at the end of it, I'm but sure. But that's what Tabasco have... is, right? I don't
2: know. Is it Tabasco uh,
0: barrel-aged? I think Tabasco is a barrel-aged fermented hot sauce. I don't know. Or maybe barrel that. fermented. But I mean, isn't that the same as barrel? No, I guess. Well, fermentation continues in the barrel, though, right? Yeah. So probably the same. Guess tomato potato. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, I feel like we maybe deviated a little bit from subject, but that's okay. That was fun. Um. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I'm not.
0: I'm not gonna get into that whole thing. We'll we'll be all right. What are you uh, giving the beer That we're drinking right now Do you have a score ready to go mm. I should one? mention this is Dangerous Man's Cherry Cinnamalo Milkshake mm. IPA
2: This one's gonna come in At probably a three-five for me um, Like I said it is I feel like a lot of Dangerous Man's beers That I've had are wow, this was really interesting. This was good. Um, I enjoy this, but when it kind of factors into the how much of this could I drink? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think a crawler is kind of capping it out for me at at the very most. I feel it. Um, yeah, three five, but definitely swing by Dangerous Man's Crowler Shop. They've got so many options on tap. Honestly, like, have you? When was the last time you were there? I've only
0: been there once—the Crowler Shop or the brewery. Where's there? Is it the it's, same a,
2: spot? it's attached to the attached to the building. So I've only, only
0: I've only ever been a Dangerous Band once, and I feel like it was like five years ago.
2: Oh damn!
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I I don't make it to Minneapolis too often. Honestly, sure. I I don't work over there, and I don't really have too much business or anything to take care of traffic's usually a little lighter on the side of town so you never call um, you never visit you never write well honestly man uh you know if i'm going to minneapolis it's probably hanging out on your wonderful porch (laughs) or uh petting huskies at umbibulous so there's two good reasons shout out i was there earlier today not not your beautiful porch but petting beautiful husky (laughs) i do love that liquor store oh man the best but, uh, yeah, what what do you think? What do you
2: got for a rating on this guy?
0: So, I got mine down at a four. Four? Yep. A little higher than yours. Um, I also agree that a Crowler would be a lot for me to just drink in one night. And, um, yeah, I, I guess on paper, probably wouldn't buy this beer. Like, it's a beer I'd love to have gifted to me. Or, like, in this situation, it basically was gifted to me. <laughs> but, uh I don't know, like, I feel like I start seeing a lot of cinnamon beers and stuff this time of year, and I usually kind of say stay away, like, I don't dislike cinnamon, but time and a place thing, and, you know, I'm not a huge rum chata guy, like, just cinnamon and as a whole, it's, I don't want it in my alcohol, you know, not regularly, and so probably not one that I'm going to seek out, but a four because I would, probably now that I've tried it, buy it again and especially mm-hmm. buy it again to like gift to someone or be like, yo, you got to try this. Cause oh, yeah. it's, it's different. And it's so, it, 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 it tastes like what it tells you it's going to taste <laughs> like. And I, I always appreciate that from a beer, even if it's in your face, it's mm-hmm. like, don't hide behind all this essence of this and esters and, and a zest and like, Okay, if you're going to have all these bold flavors, give me those bold flavors. Yeah. So, uh, because of that, I'm giving it a four. Not the best beer I've tried so far um, on this two-part episode, but so far tonight, it's at the top of my leaderboard. I like it a little more than that pills. All right. As do you, it looks like.
2: <laughs> I, I do... Like I said, I don't know that I've had a... Dangerous Man's another one of those. I don't know if I've had a beer that just really clunks. Like, it just. Everything that I've had from there, at the bare minimum, lives up to expectations. And, I mean, that's saying a lot, because they put out a lot of beer. And I've had a lot of it. Um, also, I, I you know, another brewery that I like to just, you know, fanboy over. Um. <laughs> dangerous man falling knife hopefully soon to be our biter
0: hopefully hopefully although <laughs> yeah no that's shit. me trying to knock on wood and almost spilling a crowler on my foot
2: <laughs> yeah that uh
0: gotta put a pillow down for that call back to last Goddammit, episode yeah all right are you a my pillow kind of guy you into like uh wearing a big old mm-hmm. cross crucifix when you go to sleep and showing a little chest salad having that mustache hanging out wearing a a weird blue he wears scrubs right like it's a scrubs top and blue jeans (laughs) kind of looks like it i don't know i don't want to knock people on this show but fuck the my pillow guy he seems like a (laughs) jabronski i don't i mean politics aside it's like if i'm basing you just on like how you're prevent presenting yourself on the the television it's like man they let you go out like that like I mean didn't I, I saw a video of the my pillow guy online like a bunch of people like bashing each other with like pillows at like US Bank Stadium and like Daft Punk's like w- One More Time was playing and it was like a thing. I think it was like a a thing they were trying to raise money for something and it's like I mean a guy that gets that much TV time has to go like through makeup or something, right? Sure, probably. They let you walk out looking like a, a a a discount Billy Mays that looks like he's about to go into surgery and 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 has a shitty chevron mustache and you know
2: I don't know man I'm glad I should...
0: I'm glad that you're this passionate about the my pillow guy Fuck the Milo- my pillow guy. I'm not giving him a cent. And anyone who does I Sorry. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> I don't want to tell people where to put their money, but don't put it in the MyPillow guy. That's my stock investments for uh twenty twenty. <laughs> I don't know if my pillow is publicly traded or affiliated with anyone that is, but I don't think so. I ain't giving you a penny, Mr. MyPillow. What's his name? He seems <laughs> like a Mike. Ooh. Got a problem with Mike? <laughs> no, no, but that kind of mustache. I've seen a lot of Mikes, a lot of Gary's, and a lot of Keith's with that mustache. Mm.
2: I, I, I could I could see him as a Keith.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, actually, uh, I have come across a my pillow uh, in my time. I have tried to sleep on a my pillow, and I get a little. my My sleeping setup's a little bougie. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, my thought is, if I've got extra money, why not put it in a spot where I spend You know, at least eight hours of my day, right? Um, so I, okay, so like I got you know, I got bamboo silk bed sheets. Highly recommend. Great for temperature control. Um, I've got a bamboo and silver lined memory foam pillow with air holes throughout the pillow, so it's a little firmer, but also great for temperature control and also stays a little bit on the cool side.
0: Right. Top that off. Well, I didn't realize what? that I was diving into, like, you... you th- oh, you, I'm sorry. You think you be like... Plugging that? your pillow show. I fucking love these pillows.
2: Apparently. Right? And then on top of that... I should be
0: listening. My pillows suck right now.
2: Oh, you got to get better pillows, man. On top of that, Mulberry Silk pillowcases. Good for your skin. And good for keeping your hair not tangled.
0: Okay. Do
2: it. But my pillow pillows, basically, if you were to take a memory foam pad, like a like the pad you put on top of your bed and you were to cut that into little rectangles and put them in a pillowcase so that's a, basically what it was
0: fair enough yeah well i did figure out here that the my pillow guy's name is James Lindell he's from Mankato Minnesota and uh yeah ceo of my pillow incorporated often referred to as the my pillow guy but, yeah, look at this. I mean, I was wrong. It's not scrubs, but it's definitely like a, a, a very dated silk shirt.
2: I don't remember his mustache being that big.
0: I don't know, man. He looks like he's up to no good. <laughs> and I got an appreciation for a good mustache, but.
2: Seems like a, an aggressive mustache.
0: Yeah, he's, um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about Mr. Uh, James, Steve, Steve, James, James Lindell, <laughs> my pillow guy. You read it and then you forgot it two seconds later. Yeah. You're not my pillow guy.
2: Ooh. All right, and with that, we're taking a break. (laughs) That's a
0: sign-off note right there if I've ever heard one. Uh, Yeah, we'll be right back with uh, Outstate Brewing and their Bucket Pale Ale on Suds Buds. And we're back. You're listening to Suds Buds with Eric and Nate. Back here in the Sudsbud studio. Just got done with a quick little break, and that uh, break time, <laughs> I beat Nate in a hole on the old golf simulator. Chipped in. It's looking kind of sketchy on a, uh, a real weird par five. We were playing like some weird user created course. So some of those uploaded courses get real wonky. And this was like a par five where basically a blind approach to uh, like an island. <laughs> Yeah, it was not clear as to where I was supposed to be going. From the drive, you had no idea where you were going to the tee. You just kind of laid up, but uh, yeah, Nate didn't have a bad hole. I just happened to chip in for par on a really ugly looking hole. So,
2: I, I mean, congratulations. I
0: guess. Any thoughts? Was, how, how do you feel? Or,
2: well, my I, thoughts on it is that maybe if you had a better approach shot, it would have it would have panned out better for you.
0: Better than chipping in for par? Well, I mean, you wouldn't have had to have a, a really lucky shot. I mean, I don't really need to worry about what to do better when I'm getting a par and you're finishing three over on a par five. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I finished one over. Okay. 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 Well, just something a little less hostile. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's bond over a beverage. Um, I've got a delightful looking beer can in front of me. It is the Bucket Pale Ale from Outstate Brewing Company out of Fergus Falls i know nothing about outstate
2: <laughs> i honestly this is the first i've heard of them
0: um i mean that's that's way up there um i really know nothing about fergus falls other than like stopping going up to fargo and getting like coffee and gas up there um just, what's the
2: what's the town like if you were to drive up to fargo right now what's the town with the smiley face water tower
0: um uh, you know I'm talking about, though, is that Fergus.
2: It might be, and that was kind of my thought. Is is that the town I'm thinking of? Because if no, so, they have an awesome breakfast dining
0: Oh, you're talking. You're not talking. Um, um, Freeport. Freeport. Yep. Yep. Fergus, that's the one. So Freeport's going to be quite a bit further south on 94 because I know the 94 stretch to Fargo pretty well from Cold Spring where I grew up and Freeport's actually just kind of like a hop skip and a jump from Cold Spring. Really not too far up the once you get on the interstate it's not too bad. But uh yeah, Fergus Falls is definitely closer to the Fargo side of that trek than the the Cold Spring drive. Oh wow. Okay. Cuz from Cold Spring to Fargo it's about 2 hours and from Cold Spring to Freeport I can get there in probably like a solid 20. But yeah, um Freeport Diner is at um charlie's cafe does that ring a bell i don't know i basically
2: is that it when i went to school in fargo every time i'd drive up i could make it to that gas station in one tank nice and so that was my stop is i would just i'd roll in there on fumes grab grab some breakfast or some hit that diner oh yeah and from, then yeah roll right back out and make it up to fargo on the next
0: from your area that's definitely over halfway
2: well, actually, it's about exactly halfway. Because um, from my hometown of Faribault, it's about two hours to get there. And that whole oh, drive really? is about four hours.
0: Oh, so you're right. Two hours to get to to, to, to um, um, Freeport. Sure, sure. From Fairbo, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it's about a four-hour drive altogether.
2: Huh. Yeah, so that that was my one stop on the trip. Um, I mean, at the time, I was driving... This really old Yukon Denali. And I love that car. Still had that old A-frame in it. So, you know, like, if a car crashed into you, which cars did crash into me, um, the worst damage I got is I had to replace a headlight one time. Not too bad. No. No, not the worst thing. That thing was a beast. Um, RIP, I guess. Actually, so a head gasket blew on that. and So, you know, engines shot. They've got it. But the body was still good. Um so the people that towed my car paid above scrap value for it to me and then rebuilt the engine and I still see it driving in my hometown occasionally. Damn. And it hurts every time. <laughs> I know it's that car. I know it's my Denali. Yeah. I
0: miss that truck. <laughs> oh man. Rip. Yep. This is, uh, this is a this is tasty beverage.
2: It's a lot smoother than I expected it to be. Um, I like a good pale ale. It's a honestly, it's a style I'm I'm a little late to the game too. Yeah, like pale ales were never really my thing. Like I kind of went from you know light beers to then IPAs. I think a lot of people do that, and then. Kind of like skip right over pale ale, which would be a great transition to it, um, but now I'm coming back. I'm a little less burnt out on you know West Coast IPAs, so but pale ale still help.
0: Mm. Well, uh, I got a little bit of literature on this beer here mm. from the the Dabbler in a Box, uh, Outstate Brewing Company's Bucket Pale Ale. Is available in 12-ounce cans. Comes in at 6.2% ABV. A little on the high end for a pale ale. Yep. Um, 32 IBUs. And it says it's a refreshing, well-balanced, medium-body American pale ale. Outstates Bucket. Celebrates the Otter Trail, county, lake life, and the area's rich fishing culture. And that definitely shows on the can. Yeah. It's got a really cool can artwork of a bass jumping out of a bucket. So whole,
2: whole cool lake scene right behind it. I do notice that from like a lot of the the northern breweries is they they really lean into that you know. Na- I mean
0: that's what's around
2: them, you know.
0: Yeah. No, it's kind of cool. I um, it's definitely something I feel like I haven't taken advantage of living in this wonderful state. The last like three years is just kind of the lake life, and I mean I've grown up in Minnesota. I've got so many lake memories, but. Just living in the cities, I I don't get back home enough or get out to the lakes enough. I just, you know, find excuses of, you know, it's too easy to just stay in, you know. <laughs> but uh, Or just do other stuff in the cities, you know. But uh, this winter, I cannot wait to take you ice fishing, dude. Because that's definitely something that I'm getting back into this winter. And we're going to catch us some fish. Okay. And if we don't, we're going to catch us some uh, good beers from some local joints. Sure, and sure, sure, uh, sure. we're going to have a good time on the lake.
2: I, I know I'm going to sound like a psychopath here. Uh, Minnesota fish? Not my thing. No? No. Eating fish? Like, I got I got over my hatred of all fish maybe a year ago. Really? Yeah. There's something about, like, between the texture, the smell, and the flavor. For, like, like the real, I don't know what, I hate to use the word fishy fish. But, like, you kind of know what the flavor I'm talking about is. Like that real lake flavor that a lot of fish have.
0: If I was to try to sway you on the flavor of like a a freshwater uh, Minnesota fish, how would you want it prepared? Honestly, it
2: depends on the cut. Because what broke me, like what, what got me back a little bit was like ahi tuna steaks. Sure. That shit slaps. Made a made a nice panzo or panzu sauce with it, uh, breaded it in crumbs, but still grilled it. Um, turned out real good, nice, real tasty. But I don't know it. But I also love sushi, and that's kind of I don't know. Granted, I feel like sushi doesn't play into like the whole fish flavor thing.
0: So it doesn't sound like you'd want Minnesota fish fried. I've had fried fish that I don't hate. Okay. McDonald's fish flays, they ain't bad. Sure.
2: Now, I don't know if those count for anything. I don't even know what kind of fish that is.
0: Might try to make you, like, freshwater fish three different ways. Might try to make you, like, a classic, like, fish sandwich, like... Bride like in some, or excuse me, bread, bread, brad, brad, fried and like some, uh, some, some, some bread crumbs, you know, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, on a nice, nice, uh, sesame seed bun with some lettuce, pickles, mayo. Um, maybe I'll try to make you some like baked, big fan of baked fish. Okay. Um, like, uh, you do like some Cajun seasoning or like a creole, like dry rub on those fish and bake them till they're crispy on just like a uh a, a sheet pan with a little bit of a little bit of oil. Hell yeah. And they come out real nice, just a little crispy on the edges, but they're not fried. Um or you know, you could you could grill some up or, or pan sear some. That would be another way to do it. You know, with northern, you can get real creative. I know a lot of people that pickle their northern. Mm. Then you get more of like uh you ever had pickled herring?
2: I I have had pickled herring. It's not, not your jam. it's not good. Oh man. I think and I disagree. I'm going to vary off Dusty's saying here It is objectively not good
0: <laughs> Oh no No
2: <laughs> Nothing Nothing about the slimy texture Of fish makes me think You know it would be cool If this was slimier
0: But it's not slimier It's picklier Yeah but pickling adds sliminess Not necessarily sliminess I mean, when you reach into a pickle jar, it's not slime. It's it's a it's a liquid, you know. Well, yeah, but you put a cucumber in there, and And now you've got like a weird,
2: slippery cucumber. It's slippery, but it doesn't have a slime on it. Well, yeah, I understand that, but to say that a fresh cucumber chunk that goes from that to a pickle is not a pickle's slimier than a cucumber, for sure. Right, I don't know if
0: slimy is the right word that we're. I think slimy is just the incorrect word. Oh, okay. All right. Well, either way, cucumbers are great. Pickles are great. Um, um, pickled herring is great. Subjectively. And that. fish is great. And I'm gonna Nate. We're gonna go ice fishing this year. And okay. even if we don't catch fish, it's gonna be a good time. We can talk about it on the podcast. Well, and maybe we'll cast g- from the ice house. Yeah, you can, can talk about. Fun. You can talk about the little fort you built on the lake and <laughs> all the Tonka trucks you drug out with you and how you got your hands all code. And... Feels like you're playing a lot of things back from childhood here. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> um, What do we got on this one? The Bucket Pale Ale. Bucket Pale Ale. Um, I mean, it's a,
2: it's a pretty standard pale ale, which, like I said, I'm... I'm fairly new to that style, only because I just kind of skipped over it. I love everything around it. Um, I mean, I got a, I got a couple more ounces to go here before I can give you a real good reading on it. Mm. It is, it's got that maltiness that I like. Good hop profile. I'm gonna put this at a. Three, four. No, three, five.
0: Three, five. Lower than me, but not by much. Okay. It's uh, still a strong score, but uh, I don't know. I still think mine's going to come in just a wee bit higher, but I'm a pale ale guy, and this ain't a bad beer. I don't know. Any, any thoughts overall? Um... I don't know. Again, I'm
2: not overly familiar with the brewery, which I guess kind of helps because I didn't have many expectations, kind of like Ursa Minor. Right. Um, I do do like that people are still making pale ales, though. Because like I said, I feel like it's a style I missed out on coming into it. And so now I still get to enjoy all of it. I am very excited for this next beer, though.
0: I am too. I, I also am having one more swig of this pale ale, even though I I got my rating in. I I still gotta have just, just one more tiny little taste. <laughs> hmm. It's good. Um Yeah, three nine. Three nine, wow. Three nine. Um I know I feel like it's not the only three nine I've given out tonight. Definitely looks like I give gave one out to uh the Revelation Works, Purple Ribbon Pills, uh, also sitting at a 3.9, but uh, yeah, this is good. This is definitely, like I said earlier, kind of like a, a measuring stick style for me where it's like I'm probably going to try like a pale ale or something like that when I go into a brewery for the first time. Yep. And um, if I ordered one of these at this tap room and, you know, they had a cool tap room and it was clean and people were nice, like I'm probably going to go down the list and see what else they try. I should also note that usually if I am ordering like one of their flagship beers, it's if I can tell they're busy and like, I'm just trying to get real quick service. Sure. If I got time to like sit down like pre COVID and, you know, have, you know, slow bar, there's four people at the bar and I can tell I got that like undivided attention. That's probably going to be a time where I'm going to ask them, you know, just give me your favorite and, you know, tell me a little bit about it. And, I don't know. I hope that question's never intimidating because I always appreciate it when people ask me that at the brewery. Honestly, I kind of go the different route with that one. Really? Like people ask me what my like what my
2: favorite beer is on tap. Yeah. And normally my response back is, "Well, what kind of beer do you normally drink?" Because like, you know, some people love you know they drink hazes all day long. Yeah. And. While I love our hazes that we've got, it's not something I normally drink.
0: Sure. But if you get someone who you can tell is like adventurous, or like they tell you like, yo, I like most things. Or maybe their first question is what kind of what style of beer do you usually like? And they're like, I like just about everything. What's your favorite? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I always feel like that's always fared me pretty well at other other tap rooms. Sure.
2: Well, I mean, it, it is helpful having the people that have flushed out the entire tap list. Um, I mean, for for ours, you know, my my, my two go-tos are, are Belgian Triple, obviously. And then it goes right to the Oktoberfest. Yeah. Yeah. And that, um, I guess it, it really doesn't matter what the answer to their question was, or my question was, Belgian or Oktoberfest. I really like the Ring of Fire right now. Ring of Fire is great. And like once one of those two beers leaves the tap list, Ring of Fire will move right on in, but like I I just can't get over those two beers.
0: Did the Oktoberfest take the Hefeweizen's place? Yeah. 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 I think that was a unanimous favorite behind the bar. Oh. <laughs>
2: when we had that on when we were doing deliveries. Man, that oh, was
0: something. Dude, that was definitely the beer of the summer. Like I remember i can just taste that right now i'll have memories from that just us getting back after deliveries and talking about how our nights went and you know fun funny random anecdotes (laughs) from driving around the burbs yep and uh yeah just drinking a half of ice and washing out a bunch of growlers just i don't know god forbid we shut down again i really don't want to see it happen but (laughs) uh already thrown my hat in the ring I, I would love to do growler deliveries again just because it's a it's a cool way to see that side of um, um, our community and and just our support like yeah you know
2: like kind of on kind of on their turf like you know putzing around throughout the suburbs or doing whatever but like I think the other fun thing about it you know it's not quite like a pizza delivery or anything else No one in the world is going to be upset when you ring their doorbell and you're like, here is a growler. Right. Like, here is your beer. You have beer now. Like, everybody was... Even, like, the most upset people were just upset that they didn't
0: order more. Right. (laughs) Like... Yeah, it was a pretty sweet gig. Um, Yeah. Very, very cool. Definitely memories made there. Oh, yeah. But, uh... I think that's it for this one. I think we got our scores in and everything covered for uh, uh, Outstate Brewing's Bucket Pale Ale. What's up next, Nate? Next up, we've got Inbound
2: Midnight Berry Sour. It is a pastry sour. Um, Let's see what... Yeah, the Pastry Sours series, a collection of beers inspired by the display case at your favorite bakery.
0: Into it. I can get down on that. Just talking about the pie game earlier. I'm in a pie pastry mood.
2: Y'all got any pies around here?
0: No, I wish, man. But maybe uh, maybe one of these days we have a little (laughs) bake-off. We have an old Suds Buds bake-off. I think we could have a
2: lot of fun with that.
0: Oh, that's a pretty color of beer. Oh wow, that is Whew. deep, deep, dark. Almost. I uh, hmm. gotta shine a light on this one. Almost a... kind of brown.
2: Well, it comes Cambridge. out a rich. Li- I got a lot of, uh, like, a really dark
0: maroon coming out of that one. It's definitely, yeah, definitely getting that. Smells delightful. Mmm.
2: Alright, Inbound. Oh, wow. Yep. And ooh, and it's actually got some of that tartness that I feel like sours are kind of losing right now. Like, I feel like a lot of times sour is just kind of synonymous with this doesn't really taste like a beer. Yeah. But when a sour actually has that tartness. I don't know. I really enjoy that.
0: It's just different seeing... I don't know what kind of berries are in this. Did, did you name them already? The berries? No, it didn't. Okay. I mean, it's, it's... Yeah, Midnight Berry. Because this is... um, It's very dark. It's very rich. Um, it's probably going to be like Boysenberry or something. Yeah, I mean... This makes me sound like I'm, like, 90, but my grandma used to have this chutney that she used to have at her house that she used to get. Either she used to get it frequently, or she just had a jar that she never used, and I only ate when I was around, so it just lasted forever, and I was probably eating really old chutney, but it was, like, this really good, like, I want to say it was, like, a fig chutney or something, Mm. and, um... She had that when she was living in Elk River. And I mean, we're talking like 15 years ago now. Um, rem- reminds me a lot of that. Like, I'm definitely tasting like dark, like dried fruits in this, like fig, maybe some raisin, maybe some plum. Um, it's definitely a, a winter pastry. Yeah, there's definitely also that tartness there. Mm-hmm. Which kind of, like, surprises me. It kind of sends me the other way, like, mm, maybe blackberry, which I could maybe see that. But, uh, I don't know. I'm definitely leaning more into, like, that kind of, like, dried, like, I'm thinking, like, yeah, figs, dates, raisins.
2: Yeah, I'd be about in the same. Like I said, boysenberry, like, I don't know if I've ever actually had a boysenberry. I've yeah. had a lot of boysenberry-flavored things. But... I'm not exactly sure what a boysenberry tastes like. So whenever I have something that's like, here's a bunch of berries and I can't identify something, it's boysenberry. It's almost every time. Yeah. Like the the mystery flavor is boysen.
0: For sure. Yeah. And see, like boysenberry is one of those things where Dustin and I, I think, had that conversation last season a few times where we had a flavor that was like labeled in a beer like... Um, Guava or something, and Dustin would be like, "Well, I've never, I can't, don't think I've ever had a guava before." And so it's like hard to judge that flavor if you don't know what the actual fruit is. Yeah. And like boysenberry, I think is something I've had in like jams and maybe juices and stuff like that. Maybe a beer, but I don't know if I've ever actually had a, like a boysenberry. Like I honestly don't know what one looks like. Yeah. What's the color of a boysenberry? Or like, uh, uh, um, there's an elderberry, another one. Elderberry. Yeah. Elderberry, and there's elderflower. There's a lot of those things when you start getting into, like, berries and botanicals where it's, like, I don't know. I almost feel kind of dumb because I know, like, a lot of them are, like, very, like, prevalent in, like, Scandinavia and Norway and that area. And it's, like, and shit, you could probably grow them here, too. Like, (laughs) I've, I've never had a juniper berry before. I like Gin. True. I like to think I like juniper, but what does juniper taste like? I've never had a juniper. You know what I mean? It's hard, like, unless you've had that pure
2: flavor. Yeah. Like, like you said, you like gin, but like, do you like that pine note with the gin? Or do you like it a little more overpowering, a little less? Yeah. I think I could identify, like, if I tried it, I'd be like, like, if I was just eating random ass berries that somebody put in front of me. Yeah. I could probably pick out the juniper. Fair. But... It would be more of like a, I recognize this flavor and I don't know the berry. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Also, please, nobody like put random berries in front of me because I will probably eat them and
0: like same dude. It would be so easy <laughs> to poison me. <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. I told them. Yeah. No, it would. Uh... Be- yeah. Give I'm me a sorry. bowl of berries. I'm eating them all. No cream, dog. Just just raw. I'm eating those berries raw, dog. Like
2: berries are a twenty one res- or a twenty one plus. Beverage slash uh, edible, please enjoy responsibly. I guess.
0: Please don't kill podcast
2: people. Yeah, don't poise,
0: Don't don't send us bowls of berries, because <laughs> they're for sure going to be on the show. They're going to look great. We're going to be like, all right, for for this week's show, our pregame show, we're eating berries from from <laughs> from from a listener from Arnold. <laughs> and, I don't know. I really oh. hope
2: we have an Arnold that listens.
0: That'd be real cool. That'd be cool. What up, Arnold?
2: Arnold, if you're listening, um, please reach out to us. We'd love to have you on the show. You don't even have to be involved in the industry. Just, like, come hang out.
0: <laughs> yeah, show. Sure. Um, So, this is going to sound maybe weird to you, but you know how you ever read wine labels?
2: Uh, be honest, I don't really drink wine.
0: Okay. So, I like wine. I like red wine. Some wine labels get real out there um, with their flavor descriptions, and you know, okay. notes of mahogany and like, you know, and 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 some of them are like like I said, real out there. Some are pretty on point, on brand. Others are just, just fallacy. You know, <laughs> someone's got the greatest job in the world just sitting in a desk writing wine labels for wines he's never tried or is getting paid to get real drunk off of and write labels for, which if that's the case, he got a good job, my friend.
2: I feel like that maybe just like an ad lib like generator. It's like, ooh, that would be real dirty.
0: Li- list of fruit. Even the robots got to wine labels, <laughs> man. Um uh wh- one flavor I've seen on the back of wine labels too many times is tobacco notes of tobacco essence of rich earthy tobacco oily <laughs> turkish tobacco
1: <laughs>
0: it's got a rich aromas of fine tobacco from the father's land just it's like no it doesn't <laughs> and i don't want that but I've always thought that was like the biggest bullshit thing.
2: The tobacco like tobacco descriptor?
0: Right, right, right. Sure. And I'm bringing it back to where we are now. I'm I, I don't chew. I'm I'm not a I'm not a chewer guy. I'm I don't smoke cigarettes. I'm Not a smoker right now. It's not my thing. Um but uh I remember golfing and back in the day having beach nuts which was a, a a loose leaf chew. Some people maybe have had, uh, Redman chew, sure. which is another one, and it's like those loose strands. And people you just see people packing like cheeks full. You feel like it's like the baseball player chew. Um, shout out to Big League Chew, one of my favorite gums growing up. Yeah, and this to me has that smell to it, where it smells like, it smells like a bag, like when a fr- like an old friend, would open up like a bag of like beech nut chew, you know. Okay that's what this reminds me of, and it kind of smelled like uh real fresh raisins. It was kind of the same smell it had, and it was weird I and mean, it was just I don't know what it was like cured tobacco or something, but uh loose leaf tobacco but uh yeah, it's what it's reminded me of, and it's it's weird. it's bringing back memories of like being seventeen on a golf course and <laughs> chewing loose leaf chewing tobacco like a jabronski. <laughs> Well, smack my old self upside the head and be like what are you doing
2: <laughs> that is an 18 plus
0: yeah that's yep. an 18 plus <laughs> not beverage <laughs> don't listen to a podcast on it because beer is tight and chew is it's it's not good <laughs> don't do it don't do it
2: wow wow Why, wise words
0: i don't want to make people feel guilty i, I mean do what you want to do be, be be your own self live your best life but I, yeah. I will
2: say back to that, like the tobacco flavor, tobacco smell thing. Like I, I don't know that I know how to identify it, but I have a count or a candle that I've had for a while. And it's by far the favorite, my favorite candle I've ever owned. And it's basically like the only like scent note is like tobacco and then like wood. Backy. It's backy and wood. Back and away. it smells fucking delightful Nice But like I, I, I can't identify any of those scents Like they tell me that's what it is. I'm like okay But I could not pick that out of a lineup It's weird man I know <laughs> I, I fucking love candles man Candles got, are the best I got no, no issue with candles Bath and Body Works I got an issue with them But candles nah I'm all good
0: um I'm trying to pull something up real quick right here. Mm. Um but in the meantime, why don't you tell me a little bit what you think about this uh this beverage that you're tasting right now?
2: Um pastry sours in general, I I just love them, but it's definitely a one and done for me. Um like I can't I can't go a lot on them. Um this is like a, you know, you buy a four pack, you share that with three other people. And that's what this beer is doing to me. Um, This is another one where I definitely bring it to like a family gathering or something. People would enjoy one of them, but they kind of need to move on. I think most good sours in that respect are also kind of like that. You you know, you're not going to go through a whole four pack or a bottle of a sour pastry sours. I kind of, I really like that take on pastry or on sours though, is adding that. That breadiness almost, and then that fruit flavor comes in. Mm. I really enjoy that.
0: Sorry, so your final rating was? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know I was supposed to rate it yet. <laughs> Christ, let me take another sip here. Uh, in the meantime, I, f- I found the thing I was going to pull up. Um, It, uh... I just thought of it when we were talking baseball and chewing tobacco. and I think you mentioned wood. Mm, what? But, uh... There's this place called Dugout Mugs, and it's a website. They had a really neat advertisement that I saw. But uh, basically, they make tall beer mugs out of hollowed-out baseball bats. What? Yeah. And I'm not a huge baseball guy, but I love the novelty of it, and I would (laughs) love to get a Minnesota Twins one. And I think it would make a great gift idea. Um, Available on all 30 teams, but like... It's, it's pretty cool okay I'm gonna try to find a better picture but I mean right away just like you get the idea and it says right here too I don't know why I'm shilling for them because they're not doing anything for the show <laughs> but uh, you can get 30% off uh, all MLB team products with code bat 30 at checkout so I'm giving promo codes on this podcast and you know maybe they should send the suds buds a free mug you know what maybe we should get them maybe we should get them on here Ooh. that's kind of a cool idea right? I mean it's a cool
2: idea i don't know i guess i mean how could a, a stein not be beer centric
0: we got beer season starting up soon i mean mm. it's a it's definitely a cool oh shit that is they look really good like what's the ounce on that thing um that's a great question because they look big but they also look like they could be really skinny I'm guessing it's either going to be a 16 or a 22 ounce. It's
2: like, I'm thinking about like a baseball bat. Like it's never really that wide. And this stuff to have a decent amount of
0: thickness around. It's the top of the bat for sure. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'd
2: be real bummed out if it was like a 12 ounce mug.
0: Yeah, I don't. Let's see here. This looks like they're pretty classic one. Um just pour twelve ons directly into baseball bat barrels. So mm. it might just be might be a twelve. In shorty, but let's be honest, if it's catered towards baseball fans, they're probably drinking the Bud lights and the Miller lights and the, the, the grandstands and whatnot. Hey, like Amanda. they're
2: I'd be drinking that lakes and legends raspberry sour. Yeah. You be raspberry honey
0: filling a crawler up out of there. It's Ooh. a different, different audience, but I mean, it looks clean, dude. I mean, it's, it's got like a wood burnt engraving on the side of it. Personalized for all your teams. I'm, I am totally shilling for this company, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, dugout They ain't cheap, but it looks like they got some promo jazz going on. So, uh, Check it out. It'd be pretty cool to be uh to be drinking one of these sours out of there right now. Can I get a little uh top off on that mm. or did you kill it?
2: No, I didn't kill it.
0: That's good. That's good. That's good. I just need uh just enough to A little refresher course. Yeah. Um
2: but back to my rating. I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go four three with that one. Um I've had a good amount of beers from inbound. And this is probably one of the better ones I've ever had. The, uh, like I said, I, I really do like the, the tartness that comes from that. The sour. Um, I've been a little disappointed with a lot of sours recently because they're, they're not. <laughs> um, and it's still got a good amount of that pastry flavor.
0: For sure one of the better sours I've had in a while. Mm. Um Yeah, I, I I agree. I just locked in my score at a 4.2 um just below yours. I think tied for my first. I think I've got a, some decisions to be made. I've got a handful of beers sitting at 4. two, but uh I'm really
2: hoping one of these next two just blows it out of the water that way I don't have
0: to debate on my my ranking here. Man, me too. But I think the thing that I'm really happy about is we haven't had a clunker yet tonight. Mm-mm. It's been a nice selection. Um, this is really good, though. This. I'm trying to judge this based on a scale of like all beers, but if I was judging this based on the box, mm-hmm. might be the best beer in the box so far. I, I don't know that I'd. Like obviously
2: my ratings don't necessarily back this claim up. I don't know if I go with my favorite beer in the box. Um I'm trying to, you know, kind of keep it style to style. Like in this style I like it about this much. Yeah. Versus just like one general beer rating. Um I I really I really did like that Ursa Minor hazy. Definitely. Um lakes and legends knocked it out of the park that dangerous man one uh i didn't really have high hopes for that because lactose is not my thing Mm. but that one was also a delight so i don't know it's this has been a weird box for me yeah opening
0: up a lot of feels here for sure no i feel that it's um like i said decisions will need to be made as you know at the end of the night i really want us to be able to have a A clear winner, um, or a clear favorite for both of us. But uh, like you said, we got two beers left. Maybe something's going to blow us away. But up next, um, actually, I just got to make sure. I think I'm jumping the gun here. Uh Uh-oh. I did not read you the literature on the inbound (laughs) beer. We're skipping ahead here. Um. So that last beer we drank that Nate and I thoroughly enjoyed was from Inbound Brewing Company. Inbounds out of Minneapolis. Minneapolis? yeah Minneapolis. they're like right over by Modest, right downtown, right. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Midnight Berry. It's a pastry sour available in sixteen ounce cans, five point five percent ABV, twenty IBU. Featuring a potent mixture of blackberries, blueberries, raspberries, Inbound's Midnight Berry also features a darker color and flavor profile thanks to its chocolate malt, Ooh. which comes courtesy of Malt Works. I was wrong on the boysenberry. So that might be where I think we were, both, we were both thinking. You know, the wheels were turning there. You know, you had the boysenberry thought, and I had the, you know, some sort of like a dried berry or like a real rich, you know, fruit and um it turns out it was chocolate malt some very sweet berries and chocolate um right. so blackberries chocolate yeah i can get where those yeah that's that's cool i'd eat the shit
2: out of that pastry
0: <laughs> i would too and i love having these uh i love having these tasting notes it's a it's a nice thing to fall back on and also just kind of like make me feel edumacated <laughs>
2: No I'm They're saying doing all the hard work for
0: us. That's right. Thank you, beer dabbler. Well, Nate, why don't you beer us with this next one? Hell yeah. Uh we're gonna tee this next one up and then take a quick little break. But uh we are looking at wild minds, artist snails. And, and what style of beer is
2: this? Honestly, they've been going with some crazy labels as of recent.
0: So he's gonna try to read it. <laughs> If need help, I can help you.
2: Oh, uh, we alright, we got a hazy IPA with uh Matuka, Rockow, Waka Pacifico, and
0: Centennial Hops. So there's a hop smack. Oh boy. That's Wild Minds, Artisanales, Critical Path, hazy IPA coming right up next on this episode of Suds Buds. Yep! what's up everybody we are back on suds buds just wrapped up drinking a fantastic beverage from inbound the midnight berry pastry sour damn dude that was a good one
2: that was real tasty um i pastry sours are they're creeping up on me man like between that all the stuff uh jack pine's been putting out i'm, I'm all in
0: Ooh. I couldn't agree more.
2: Cracking open that conversation, huh?
0: I am. I am. I was <laughs> prepping over here. I was trying to do it discreetly, incognitus, mm. and I, I blew my cover.
2: You spilled down your pants again.
0: I just, just a little bit. Just a, just a dribble. Just a dot. Nothing compared to earlier. We <laughs> got khakis, so it looks worse than it is. Um, we are drinking right now. Wild Mind's artisan ales, Critical Path Hazy IPA. With a number of hops that I'm not even going to recite at this moment, but Nate named them off earlier. Um, yeah, man, this is. Uh, I'm excited for this one. Let's see what happens. Damn near perfect pour on that one. Uh, you know, it's fine. While you're pouring yours, I will read us our tasting notes. Um, so on this one. We've got, like I said, Wildmind Ales, Critical Path, Hazy IPA, available in sixteen ounce cans. Uh bright red can, kind of a cool looking can. Like you said, a little tough to read. You want to turn it my way just a yeah. tad. It's uh... It's
2: a. I think it's a circuit, like a circuit board. I was gonna say it looks
0: yeah. reminiscent of some of Tin Whiskers kind of stuff, where it's got like the um, that kind of like electronic, yeah, like you said, a circuit board vibe. Yeah. It. Um. Anywho, yes, six point five percent ABV IBU not available, not listed. Um, chock full of bright, distinctive New Zealand hops like Motuka, Raku, Wakatu, and Pacifica. Critical path is delicious seasonal hazy IPA from the folks at Wild Minds. All right. Short and sweet. Uh cheers, man.
2: Cheers. okay it's a little lighter body than i expected get pulling a little
0: more citrus out of it too more citrus um not as tropical as the first hazy and i know the second one i definitely was picking more lemon up on the um um to the blank ursa out. ursa yep, minor the ursa minor one um but yeah, this one's definitely not as tropical as Head Flyers. No. Um, still really tasty. Almost picking up like a little bit of grapefruit. A little more like kind of like West Coast IPA flavor profile. But with just that nice, you know, unfiltered kind of just solid gold color. Yeah. Something that the light barely makes it through. I don't know, man. I really like this.
2: This one's nice. Um, I don't know. Wild Mind. Wild Mind tries a lot of stuff. Um, I'm definitely partial to their sours. Whenever you know, whenever I'm, whenever I'm in the mood for a good sour, that tends to be where I go. I mean, they do yeah. the lambic sours. Um, they got that cool ship that they break out. It's always cool to see pictures of that one. Um, which I think is kind of interesting. I I wonder, I don't know if they keep it at their brewery or where they keep that because from everything that I understand about open fermentation, you know, it pulls a lot in from the environment around. So I don't know how that works in an industrial area. You know, they're kind of in like a Mm. industrial right by the highway. Um, and pulling in notes from that would be kind of weird, but I mean, they knock it out of the park almost every time.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, I still have not yet been to their brick and mortar establishment. Okay. Um, but I've had a number of beers of theirs on and off of the podcast. I know, um, I think you brought one onto the show one time.
2: That's possible.
0: But, uh, they make some fantastic stuff. Um, again, they're another one of those places where it's hard for me to like say too much about them because again, I've never stepped foot inside, but Mm -hmm. just based on what they distribute and what I've had, um, I've never had a bad beer from them and I've had some pretty out there stuff. I've also had some pretty like grounded, like standard stuff that they've done very well. Um, so yeah, wild mine ales. Um, big shout out. Um, I already penciled my review in earlier because I I'm, I'm pretty set on this one. I kind of know where it's fallen for me. Um, I'm i I'm a little more hesitant with it. Um, but
2: with their stuff, I would highly suggest going in and picking up bottles from them. Um, during shutdown, I did that a good amount, uh, just swing in, drive through bottles and had a lot of really cool stuff. Um, I think they've cellared a lot of their stocks. So, they can, you can get variants from different years, which is really cool. Nice. Um, yeah. It's actually kind of a cool building. It's basically a horseshoe. And. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. A buddy of mine, he did the HVAC for them. So, like heating and cooling. Yeah. And in the winter, um, they were having a problem with their heating. And nobody could figure it out. He was in there, couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, then he comes to find out that the... um, Basically, it was getting too... It was getting too hot in the building mm-hmm. in the winter. Well, what he found out was that they were opening the garage door when... Because, like, from their bar or from, like, the back wall of their bar to their garage door and again it's like a horseshoe so it's pretty much the same length of the bar the same width of the bar all the way around their establishment Mm -hmm. um it's probably like 25 30 feet like it's really not a large indoor space yeah um but the the heating unit or no yeah the heating unit was positioned right above their garage door, like when it was all the way open. And so what would happen is that garage door would open and it would trap itself inside. And just created this, yeah, just circular machine here. Weird. Yeah. Weird
0: stuff. Yeah, no kidding.
2: Yeah. He also did a bunch of HVAC for Taco Bell, which I always find funny. (laughs) It's just, it's fun to think that he worked for Taco Bell.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is also very interesting. <laughs> I, could go
2: with, I could go for some Taco Bell right now. Yeah, Taco Bell,
0: please sponsor our podcast. That'd be crazy. I don't, I don't know what I even get it at Taco Bell now. Like, I don't even even eat red meat. What does Taco Bell have to offer? I yeah, got chicken. We can do chicken at Taco Bell. We're making a Taco Bell run after this pod. <laughs> I
2: don't know if you're ready for a Taco Bell run. <laughs> All right.
0: Hey, let's learn to walk before we run, huh? I'll run to Taco Bell. <laughs> so far away. <laughs> it's really not. Okay. It's, it's, it's yeah, It'd be about a mile and a half round trip. will wouldn't be easy. No. It's but like 11 o'clock right now at night. If you're dedicated, I think you could do it. Yeah, this double episode, man. This is... um, For the people listening, this is just another episode. But for us recording, this is... We're sitting in back-to-back <laughs> sessions, dog. It's we're. I don't think we. I think people might eleven caught ten. People might have caught
2: on to that, but we definitely didn't try to allude to, hey, we're gonna drink twelve of these beers in one go, um, but we're gonna split it up between two episodes.
0: Yeah, yeah, we we may have alluded to some stuff, but yeah, it's, I think it's apparent at this point. So I was so much more fun on this half. <laughs> <laughs> What do you say we get some scores in on this beer? Ooh, okay. Uh, oh yeah, you already got your score, don't you? All right. Well, why don't I lead off? I'll make it easy. You can take your time on that. All right. So I'm giving this one a four point one. Oh wow. Um. Here's why. I like it just a little bit more on Earth or a little bit more than Ursa Miners. And I tried to count out the um the fact that it was a hazy IPA that really wasn't hazy. I could I could see through it. I could read a letter through that beer, you know. It, sure. I tried to discount that. Um, just, no, would it be tried not to discount that? Tried to yeah, you tried to discount it. I Tried to discount it. Either way, um. I don't know. This one's better than the Ursa Minor offering, but not quite as good as the one that we had from uh Headflyer. Head flyer. You know what? Oh. I'm saying it is just better than Headflyer. Ooh, okay. I'm saying it is just better than Head Flyer. I, I was going to readjust my score, but like, I think it's, it, it's not as tropical. It's not as peachy, not as pineapple but it's still, I don't know. I'm almost at a loss for words right now. This is a tough one because this one is, um. this is almost that kind of hazy IPA that could reel me back in. Sure. Like, it's not over the
2: top on the citrus notes, but it, it's definitely a little more there. I'm pulling a lot less, like, bittering hops from this one than I did from Headflyer. Headflyer still had some of that West Coast dankness that, you know, you look for. Um, But this one, I actually do get a good amount of peach out of this. Which, I, I, yeah.
0: love, I love peach. Maybe a little on the back end. This one I feel like is less fruit forward. Yep. But
2: it's a really mellow
0: finish. Mm. You're not wrong. No, it's a a damn good beer. I can
2: get on that one. Why don't you give me a little rinse, pal? We've got our...
1: Rinse break! Running the street!
2: (laughs) Got our finale beer coming up here. Uh... The one I don't know. I think I think we are both most excited for this one. Looking at that roster.
0: Oh, I need to rinse your glass too. <laughs> Correct, Thanks, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not really. Um. Uh, wait. Did we get your your rating on that one? I thought so. W- what did you put it at? Didn't I put it at, like a? Mm, maybe I didn't. I don't think
2: you did. I think I went with like a.
0: Maybe you did and I missed it, but I, I remember I asked you prematurely and you were like, not done. Hey, <laughs> um,
2: I think I'd go with like a 3.8 on that one.
0: And you heard it here 3.8 and a 4.1 Mm-mm-mm. on the hazy IPA from Wild Minds, Artist Nails.
2: Check it out. Not bad. Oh, yeah. Actually, fun fact, that is the closest brewery to our brewery. Really? Yep. <laughs> like... Where are they located? Um, I guess you could kind of count it South Minneapolis, but if you were to drive from uptown down Lindale, like, like you were going to go on 35 South, there... Pretty much right before you take that ramp into 35.
0: They're closer to anything than on the St. Paul side? Yeah. Like they're,
2: they're like 12, 13 minutes away from us. It might be drive time versus distance, but drive time. I think they're 13 minutes away. And everybody else, I think the next closest one's something like 15 or 16 minutes.
0: I always thought it was Summit. Hmm. No. Hmm.
2: Actually, what, me, uh, Apparently, Wildmind and our production staff work like they trade um, resources occasionally. Hmm. I heard that like Wildmind needed some pallets from us or something.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Especially, I mean, they're great. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Um, what's uh, what's this next one we're looking at, Nate? Ooh.
2: All right. Well, we got for the finale here. Uh, unmapped brewing pumpkin imperial ale. Who, Um, a delectable imperial amber ale brewed with applewood smoked pumpkin. Also added locally sourced maple syrup and just a hint of vanilla to make it the perfect beer for fall. We figure, you know, we're still in fall a little bit, right? I'm scared. I, I'm a little worried. This this beer's got a lot going for it. But we even got a little bonus with this beer.
0: I was going to say, I'm cracking yeah. open this beer because you've got your hands full with a little food pairing.
2: <laughs> so, also in the beer dabbler box, they include, uh, you know, stickers, a little merch from places, lottery tickets. Um, also, we did hand one off to Salsa Dave before the show. He won two dollars on that, which was very Ooh, cool. He did. I did exactly. not know that. So we are three dollars up right now. Um, but they also include some snacks. Uh, we got some summer sausage back there, but then we've also got this three mad poppers, insanely delicious gourmet popcorn, special unmapped edition. Um, I would be lying to you if I said I hadn't opened it already and eaten a little bit of it. It is as they describe insanely delicious. Um, so we're gonna pop open the conversation here.
0: There you go. <laughs> let's uh good. let's try a little kernel of that corn and then mm. wash it down with the beer and see how it pairs maybe.
2: <laughs> I'm really nervous about chewing kettle corn in the microphone.
0: <laughs> I'll move away from it
2: ah. Uh, Smart boy.
0: That is damn good.
2: It's like I said.
0: What were the makers of the kettle corn again? Uh, three Mad
2: Poppers. And where are they out of? I uh, don't know. Just says 3madpoppers.com. Beer infused caramel popcorn. Beer used state bird stout. All right. <laughs> I like their ingredient list. First on the list beer. Dark brown sugar. Popcorn, light corn syrup, butter, distilled in white vinegar, soybean oil.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to read the, the tasting notes on this one before we forget about it. But um, so we got Unmapped Brewing, the Whip Wicked Pumpkin. It's an imperial amber ale uh, available in 12-ounce cans. Comes in at 7.2% ABV, tied for our highest of the night. That's why we saved it for last. 29 IBUs. And the notes here. This delectable imperial amber ale is brewed with applewood smoked pumpkin, locally sourced maple syrup, a hint of vanilla, and pumpkin pie spice making it the perfect beer for fall. Basically the can. It's, uh, yeah, right off the can. Uh, Sorry, I feel like a Jabronski. Should have read it first. But uh, cheers, man.
2: So I was eating my popcorn off mic. Thank you for that um, oh wow, wow, a lot more smoke flavor than I was expecting from that. yup seems like something out of hammer heart here.
0: it does. I need to grab just a few kernels of popcorn just to let just to <laughs> let sit here so i can I can 'cause I can see that this is. This is a a pairing made in heaven right here. Mm. Is it just me or am I waiting for this beer to be spicy? I don't know why you'd expect it to be spicy. What in that tasting readout did you get spicy from? I I guess maybe text aside, like sipping this beer just now. Oh, oh, okay. Okay like tasting this beer like right away as soon as it hits my tongue I'm like ooh I'm waiting for the heat <laughs> you know okay it's definitely got a deep flavor profile uh it's definitely got uh yeah very smoky the the applewood smoke it's definitely got um I don't know some of Hammerheart's beers almost come through as almost kind of like meaty like grill smoke sure and to me I get just a touch of that right up front and it's kind of like I'm I'm waiting for there to be like a jalapeno or a habanero (laughs) kick or something on the back and it's not there and I'm okay with it I like heat but I'm okay when it's not there not a ton of pumpkin though no I'm not getting a whole lot of pumpkin Um,
2: I mean granted I feel like we did kind of uh, hurt our palates a little bit chewing on them yeah That popcorn's delicious.
0: Popcorn is so
2: damn good. Uh, I'd like to add a 13th line to our list. Uh, Three Mad Poppers popcorn. Uh, That'd be a five-star rating for me. Because hot damn. But back to the beer at hand. Um, Yeah, I I do think the smoke flavor is kind of taken over the beer a lot. Um, not pulling a lot of other flavors from it. Although, also do not get an Imperial flavor out of that. Which is honestly almost better for Imperials sometimes. Like, again, this is kind of like that, uh, that Lakes and Legends where if you set this beer down in front of me, probably put five, maybe six percent on it. Mm, but yeah. I wouldn't put it at what seven two. No, no, absolutely not.
0: It's a tough one for me, man. I um. Feel like we used to see a lot more pumpkin beers than we do now. I haven't really seen any this year. Yeah, it's less and less each year. Um, I feel like those don't really go. You know, it's, and it's like the window for when they're hitting is so short where it's like, people will still drink an Oktoberfest in November. Oh yeah. Like if you got one on tap, they'll still drink it into December. Like the people that like a Mars and lager or something like that, like, oh yeah, for sure. But, uh, I don't know that window for a pumpkin beer. It's like, once you get towards like past that Thanksgiving, it's like people are pumpkined out. Yeah. Um, So I get it, but I do like the fact that this is not beat you over the head with that. And something I learned, little industry secret maybe, is like a lot of what you think are pumpkin beers are just beers that are made with, um, you know, cinnamon and nutmeg and just autumnal spices. Um, It's not actually pumpkin puree as much as it is spices that you would associate with apple pie okay and it's it's Arps. cheap and it's easy to pull off you know loaded it up with nutmeg and um i don't know it's a cop-out but it's it makes sense and i've had those beers before and this is not this is not your pumpkin pie beer no this is also not your like chocolatey dark imperial winter you know it's um it's different. It's kind of a weird middle ground and I think that's why I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I I mean, obviously that that smoked flavor like I t- I do get like a lot of Halloween vibes off this beer. Um between yeah, some of that sweetness that comes out and that smoked flavor kind of just sitting around a campfire drinking a beer Halloween night. Um Wow. It it does not disappoint. Um, just a little surprising with how much smoke flavor is pulled into that. For sure.
0: Well, I think... Hmm, if I had to rate this right now, this is a tough one. I think it's fitting that we save this one for last cuz it might be the most complex beer we've tried in this little two-part episode but uh I'm giving it a 39 kind of blown away um we didn't really have any bad beers this whole this whole time nope um but yeah uh three nine it's it's different it's a nice autumn beer i don't know if this would be something i'd be seeking out much out of the season like would i be looking for this in february well first of all you're not gonna be able to find it in february but no no it's not gonna be what i'm looking for but for right now yeah three nine it's um It, it's tasty it's a tough one to judge it's always tough to judge these these niche beers that have such a short window of like re- relevance you know yeah well like i said with this this popcorn is so good though <laughs> this beer is good i'm sorry this beer is really good this popcorn is really good that popcorn's unstoppable like i said five stars uh
2: three mad poppers is that what it's called yeah three mad three, poppers three mad poppers um, now for this one though I don't know I do love the smoked flavor But I really Didn't want that to take like the whole beer Yeah Like that was kind of the whole beer for me Yeah Um, I'd probably put this at like a I don't know 3.5 mm. 3.5 yeah, three, I think It's really like It's a good beer, and I love smoked beers. But there was a lot of other things that I had seen in the... Like, what it's supposed to taste like. Like, what they were going for. And I just
0: don't pull a lot of that. Yeah. That's... That's fair. And I think we talked about that earlier. Like, just... You know... Tasting what is labeled. Mm -hmm. You know? And... I agree that the pumpkin is... Is mild, but again, I don't know what I'm looking for as far as tasting pumpkin in a beer.
2: Well, pump pumpkins a weird flavor, um, but pumpkin pie is the best pie, and I will fight anybody that disagrees with me on that.
0: Well, <laughs> I think we've come to a close on this one, Nate. Ooh, all right. I think we've got some results to look over. I was gonna maybe think about throw into a break, but I mean we got it right here. We can maybe hash things out. Um I myself have a three-way tie for first between Finnegan's Brim Reaper, Lakes and Legends, Saint Gale, Raspberry Honey Ale, and Inbound, Midnight Berry Pastry Sour. Um, that's a heck of a lineup. It's a solid lineup. I. <sighs> this is a tough one. Do I judge it based on what do I, en- what I enjoyed most? What is best to its style? <laughs> what I would buy again. I mean, I think if you
2: had a tiebreaker, like what you enjoyed most. I mean, you enjoy all three, but... <sighs> man.
0: I'm torn. I'm torn. Okay, so... Finnegan's Brim Reaper IPA. At first glance, I want to declare the winner. Okay. But... The reason I'm hung up on it is because haven't had a lot of rye IPAs. Drank a lot of sours last season. Dustin's a sour guy. Mm-hmm. Tried to incorporate sours pretty heftily into that uh, first season. We had a handful, a lot of really good ones. And man, we had um, we had a really good one on this show. And so I think if I'm just judging based on the beer I enjoyed the most, I'm probably going to go with Inbound's Midnight Berry Pastry Sour
2: Wow! Mm-hmm.
0: as my winning beer. Um, Lakes and Legends St. Gale. Pretty great. There's a lot of beers out there on the market that have raspberry in them. A lot that aren't great. Yep. There's there's some good raspberry beers on the market. You, you can find them. Um, so I think there's some competition there. That one, I think, masks its high ABV very well. I just think for me to call Finnegan's Brim Reaper Raya PA the best beer would probably be selling that style short just because I'm not as well-versed in it. Okay. So for that reason, yeah. Inbounds midnight berry pastry sour coming in at a 4.2 for me i'm gonna give it the best beer out of the dabbler in a box in my opinion dabbler in a box season four all right i really liked it so for you nate uh, i know me, i've kind of had the data let me, sheet
2: let me take this take those lists for you here Ooh. all right well i mean i oh shit did i really put that that okay wow um so (laughs) i did not have a three-way tie um i had a three-way no actually three-way tied for third place but in first place i did have that also had the inbound midnight berry pastry sour coming in at a 4.3 also the highest rating of the day um i mean that was a it was a damn good beer even had that the chocolate malts I think threw both of us for a little bit of a loop I don't think we really knew what we were looking at there but uh, second place I had the oh, wild mind, oh no 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 oh yeah I had the wild mind artisan ales. Out a 3.8 for that one. 3.5 for Dangerous Man. Outstate and Unmapped. I don't know. We, we didn't have a bad beer tonight.
0: No, we really didn't. I, um... Looks like we came place. through with like the same favorites. But, um... And I think the same least favorites, too yeah we're we're pretty on par there I did misread
2: the sheet but that's fine the the ranking still stands I was just looking at something different oh gotcha
0: <laughs> ranking still stands you still gave the highest rating of the night but basically yeah we're we're right on the same page with uh the uh inbound midnight berry pastry sour coming into four two four three. I think we should uh, track down another one of these if we can find it. Maybe out on Bib, maybe yeah. pass told Dustin, because I feel like Dustin's our, our resident sour guy. Maybe pass it to him and see what he would give it on the old Suds Bud scale, because I feel like he'd be a good uh, guest review to have, like on 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 beers. You know, maybe give he him understands a beer. the he understands the system. Yeah, he's like the IBM, and we have to try to beat him. <laughs> We're chess. He's chess
2: master. Yeah, and you know. Here we are, the lowly lowly beer drinkers.
0: And and I don't know. I feel like this one... I don't know. I feel like he'd, he'd either love or hate this one.
2: I think he'd really like it. I mean, Dustin doesn't strike me as like an overly sweet kind of person. And that's what I like about this beer is it
0: really doesn't push too hard on that. It's like chocolate, but it's like... Uh... Like a mole chocolate or like a dark chocolate. It's not like that overly sweet milk chocolate, you know? Yep. Like the sweetness
2: comes from the berries, but it's not too much. Rolls right into that dark chocolate flavor. And then it, yeah, it finishes really sour.
0: Like it's a pucker. It is a pucker. It's a good one. Man, we had a lot of good ones. This has been a a fun little two-part series we've done here with, uh, the Dabbler in a Box, courtesy of Beardabbler.
2: Hey, check them
0: out. Season five, hopefully coming out very soon. Beardabbler dot um, In the meantime, anything you wanted to mention before we close out here, Nate?
2: Not really. Um, had a lot of fun with this one. Um, Matt is a is a wizard. the The man knows how to run a business. Um, it is a real bummer that the Growler had to. Or, yeah, Growler Mag had to shut down this year. Um, but obviously, I get it. That was a free print for them. Um, well, for everybody. And I do hope to see it again one day. But for now, I'm glad that they're kind of still being able to do some stuff. Um, also, with these Dabbler in a Box things, um, they do a cool video series with everything. Um, they interviewed different people at each brewery for the... Um, Beers in the box, um, musical performances, some art performances. It's definitely a cool thing to check out. Um, and it's it's supporting a good cause, uh a good business within our community that doesn't really have a lot of other outlets. So definitely check it
0: out. Very cool, man. Well, uh yeah. Other than that, just be sure to uh Stay healthy, stay safe, drink responsibly, and uh, you can find us wherever you find your podcast Spotify, Spotify. Sorry, I felt like I mispronounced that, but I didn't know. I was <laughs> like, what did. am I trying to say? No, no, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. We got an Instagram. Check us out there. Say what's up. Or our Gmail at sudsbuds. That's suds with a Z, buds with a Z, pod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah always welcoming emails if you know someone that you'd like to have us guests on the show or you got a beer that you'd like us to try on the show uh hit us up we're always here so other than that have a awesome thanksgiving and if you're listening to this after thanksgiving i hope you had a even awesomer thanksgiving (laughs) but uh nate and i gotta get out of here it's been a long one yeah it's been it's been a lot all right keep it easy
3: With a little love and some tenderness, we'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist With a little peace and some harmony, we'll take the world together, we'll take them by the hand Standing there Your hair will down Your eyes will red No coma
0: your pillow that you use called uh it's, it was a kickstarter project um
2: it's, Fuck it. it's good though oh no dude it